0: You're fed up with the nine-to-five, you've been working hard for years, and you're just not seeing the results you want. You want to break free from the traditional career, but don't know how. Business Breaks is here to help. Today, I have a very special guest to interview, Osman Akumas. He is a business coach, energy healer, mindset coach at Beyond 7 Figures Mindset. He has a background in IT, but then decided to train in NLP and hypnosis. And he helps those with ambition succeed without delay or fear or mental fog by using his rapid transformational therapy. And with this, he helps clients become happier, smarter, and also doubling their investment with him. He will keep working with you until you have earned at least twice the amount you have invested with him, which I think is an amazing deal. So, Osman, welcome to Business Breaks. Thank you for having me, Dante. It's, it's a pleasure. We know each other sometimes. It's great talking to you and
1: seeing you again. Thank you for having me.
0: No, It's a pleasure. Thank you, Osman, for being on the show. And uh, so for those of my listeners who might not know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What made you decide to start your career in IT initially before deciding that you wanted to be that mindset coach
1: well actually i was doing uh uh, hypnosis and energy work when i was 16 years old i got trained by a lady from south uh from america south america and i knew i wanted to do something with neurology human psychology but back in those days you had only three options where i lived the one was accountancy, uh, farm or IT, but it wasn't like full flesh IT as we know today. It was uh, beginning of networking, floppy disk, that kind of area. And my brother was studying IT and he said to me, listen, I know you don't like farm. I know you don't like numbers. I'm already studying IT. So join me if you need help, I can help you. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, I kind of was like driven into it. I started out as network engineer I soon realized uh, that I was looking more unconventional ways, like hacking a network. Mm. I was trying to peel things apart, look at different perspective perspectives. I finished that school. I got a network engineering degree, and then I moved on to IT and business. I realized that networkers, programmers are people who were like, who- I don't want to say locked in the room, but they're really put, you're in a room mm. and you have to do what you do, and there's little contact with other people unless something is broken. Mm. I didn't like that aspect. So then I studied business and IT to do project management to translate the customer CEO's higher management needs to the IT team. Mm. I liked it. Then I got, then my interest in cybersecurity sparked again. So I did. I leaned towards specialization in cybersecurity, but I knew I didn't want to do deep level analyzing or programming. I didn't want to do that. i still wanted to be in the people part. So I became the uh, cybersecurity consultant that was selling, building, proposing solutions to customers with one of the big four accountant firms. And the last firm that I worked with was a uh, French international company, uh, Saint-Gobain. They're like in almost in everything. You don't know, but they're the suppliers of the suppliers. <laughs> they're like the yeah. building blogs and everywhere. And uh, they, they they brought me on as the guy who was going to mature their cybersecurity in the Netherlands. That's how I rolled into it. And that's uh, my last
0: job. That's incredible. I mean, yeah, you, you obviously saw you had certain limited op- opportunities from where you were originally starting from but you took the best one available at the time and then found a way to transition to what you truly wanted to be doing. And that's really great. So what do you find most rewarding now that you are that mindset coach, as you help people transform and move past those things that prevent them from succeeding, whatever their definition of success is? Right.
1: So I want to, it, I made it sound like very easy that I was jumping. No, yeah, it wasn't simple to finish my uh, education because I have HDT I'm quickly distracted. I was interested in a lot of topics. I was doing a lot of site study and that got me sidetracked. I had to do uh, six months extra with network engineer. I had to do a year, a one year extra with uh, business and IT network, mm-hmm. uh, business IT, cybersecurity, and even in office. So this is for the people who are working at whatever level they're working at, right? I came in as cybersecurity consultant at Deloitte. And what happened was I finished a project in six months. The person that they hired as project manager told me, Osman, awesome, no worries, this is a project for uh, for 18 months. And you don't need to rush because this is at least six man team. But he came in the second one. They hired hired me and I had started. So I showed him what I already had, and he's like, Wow, this is quite impressive. I'm gonna give you more resources on the cybersecurity applications and the technological part. When he came in, I felt like insecure. I was like what wow, this guy knows a law. What am I going to tell him? Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. I uh I finished the Project whole project within four and half months. My uh, partner manager, he was like, "What is this?" He literally said, "This if I put a monkey behind the keyboard, he could probably type the same thing up that you." <laughs> so my my yeah. everything crushed. But then the person who knew, he said to me, "Did you sleep?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Did you really sleep in the last four half months?" I'm like. Mm. Yeah. Why? He goes like, at my last company in UK, we were six men. We spent at least 18 months to do what you just did. And we weren't even fully finished it. Mm. So <laughs> I was like mm-hmm. torn between two opinions. I'm sharing the struggles so people can relate that. Please understand that sometimes your skills is very good, but because you're doubting yourself,
0: you're holding yourself back we're gonna talk more about it i guess yeah and absolutely because that's that's a key really about mindset and people having those limiting self-beliefs and what they think they are worth and what they think they can achieve from that and i guess imposter syndrome which i think is probably what it sounds like you were experiencing at that time uh in your career was a was a big challenge and uh, uh what what did you th- was one of those what were those challenges what were the other challenges trying to get the people whose opinions that at the time you thought mattered to actually change their opinion of you did you address it or um did you try and address the perception of you or were you looking inwards to find solutions what what was your approach and uh, maybe you did both but yeah tell me if you could share that story if that's, that's right.
1: I realized at that moment, the managing partner, he said, I'm from the army. It was very strict. uh, And he had a perception uh, that everyone around him had to be an A player and they could be no mistakes. And he said, as a consultant, you should exactly know what you needed to do. So in his own wording, my job that I did was not sufficient. But the actual guy that should be going and executing it was like, dude, you thought really of everything from hiring, certification, which software, what setting, all that. He said, you thought of all of this? That's really matters. So I was like, the expert is saying this matters. The guy who's managing it says, this is not. In my mind, I agreed that what I do will not satisfy the managing partner. And I choose to leave the company. Mm. I was like, you know, this is going to be a the relation. If I stay in this company, that person is there for years. Because you don't easily get the title managing. So I was like, you know what? It was fun. I'm leaving. <laughs> Sometimes you really have to uh, look at it as realistically as you can. Okay, what did I do wrong? And what is it? Okay, I did something wrong. I did not write it appealing to the manager. I write it appealing to the whole layer system, to the people in mm-hmm. HRs And, and yeah. So doesn't, he doesn't like it, but it doesn't mean that the work and the quality is bad. I just left and I said, you
0: know, my work is good. I'm just going to live where. And this is a very big thing at work. And uh, I hope you don't mind me sharing my story, but I can completely relate. I left my previous company because the manager I was working for at the time kept giving me the lowest scores despite the fact that my work, I was trying my hardest all the time but it was just the perception that I came across as being weak in meetings and that I was giving too many concessions. But at the same time, I was delivering results, not in the prettiest way in some meetings. Some of it was presentation. And then some of it was the um, perception that his view of soft skills was that actually they're not soft and you have to almost um, dominate your peers and your colleagues. Whereas my style is more collaborative I don't throw people under the bus in meetings and I don't attack and sometimes when I'm getting attacked I will deflect just check the facts because a lot of the time it's almost like people will throw curveballs in meetings and you don't want to escalate tension so I'll diffuse the situation go back check the facts and then come back to them outside of the meeting to actually have a conversation as adults Uh, but at the same time you are in meetings uh, especially st- senior stakeholder meetings and that's perceived as weak by certain people other people who know me uh, know what I'm like and I will defend my position but that didn't come across in the meetings because that that was I was always told you know on one hand you're given these corporate guidelines to be a team player not to attack your peers you're all one team but at the same time your management think well you're not really defending your department you're making too many concessions you're taking on more work than you need to or you're not pushing your agenda because at the end of the day it's all about resource allocation and competing for resources that you may not have actually gotten the upfront commitment to, but then you demand that actually you need to deliver because it's regardless, it's your responsibility. So you're fighting all the time internally. And that creates a lot of tension, conflict. So you can either try and do it the soft way, which is (laughs) let's, let's see what can be done within the constraints allowed. Or you go in like a bull in a China shop and that's perceived to be a very strong manager. And that, that, that frustrated me. And it was funny because when I left, I was, even though I wasn't valued in the performance reviews at the time when I was a permanent employee, as soon as I handed in my notice, manager was shocked. And because I didn't care so much, I was more driven to actually just get my objectives done, tidy up my CV, and then just, drive through what I needed to drive through. And ironically, he gave me a very high performance review, knowing that I was leaving. So it was kind of a strange situation where I knew I was taking short term actions to achieve results, because I knew I wasn't going to be there for the long term. So I just wanted to brush up my CV with a whole load of achievements. I had other achievements, but they had taken more of a sustainable approach. Right. Whereas here I felt like I was just dressing up my C V and I achieved what I needed to, but I knew six months down the line after I'd left, they would need to go back and fix certain things because we took shortcuts to achieve the result and also drive drive obligations on other departments. So it's it's a very tricky one when you're in when you're part of a small team that you necess- you might lead but then you also have to work with a lot within a larger ecosystem and be more of a team player but that's not always aligned because people have different interpretations of what values are that's the, i i know uh i
1: usually work with uh, people in the higher management mm-hmm. but also to the person who's sitting at the front desk to analyze systems process data and all that and i, mm-hmm. I recognize exactly what you're saying and that's set up to make sure that, because sometimes not the most smart movement happens. No, the person with the biggest ego or voice gets to push their idea. And I, one time I was in a similar situation and my monitor, uh, he was being uh, tough on me. The same manager that didn't like my uh, stuff. He's like, Osman, it's not personal. This environment that you it was my first cybersecurity job at that high level. And he said, I want to prepare you for the onslaught that will, you, that will happen in your life at this level, day in, day out. If I don't push you, uh, toss you around, rough you up, you won't be long in that environment. And uh, the funny thing is externally going to clients went nice. But internally there was roughing up, and in that moment, I didn't, I didn't feel appreciated. I didn't feel, you know, all those things. But after leaving, I realized, hey, that person, in his own way, wanted to prepare me for the, let's say, big board, big bad corporate world. (laughs) And I can say it wasn't the nicest way, but it did help me. Same thing with your manager. He saw that you're leaving and he's giving you the highest uh, rating, so to say. So when people are calling in the HR to say, hey, how is this person being performing? Oh, his last performance review is absolutely great. So sometimes managers, people in managing position, they have a different
0: look at it to help. Makes sense. And I guess to an extent, having those tough experiences do prepare you for tougher challenges ahead.
1: Exactly. It, it helped me with my last job at saint I was with CEO. I was with the uh, chief industrial officer. I was with uh, Bob's security manager. And they would have like uh, meetings that would take an hour and two. I joined them three, four times. I said, after this, listen, I know I knew I'm young. They were all older. I said, "Can I? can I manage the next one? And we finished in about 27 minutes. And they were like, and each time I would cut the topics, like next time they, they will have look at him managing us. Uh-huh. I reduced that to, to half hour, which they like. Mm. So if I didn't stand my ground and just sit around, it wouldn't happen. But when they saw me stand up and take control of the meeting and suggest from my perspective as expertise, they appreciate it. So mm-hmm. I think in your experience now, the experience that you had, you know what you don't like, but sometimes we need as a person to change our uh, personality because you're now, uh, you and a lot of people, they want certain position, they want to grow and become more of a public speaker. And for that, you really need to have yep. enhance certain elements of your personality. Some stage performers, actress, uh, comedians... What they go when they go on stage, they're like, That's Osman mindset. This is Osman chill. They 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 almost have like a healthy version of schizophrenia where they have a different personality, where there are certain aspects that are enhanced. And a lot of the stage speakers, they're what is introvert. so they can speak to 10,000 of people. But if there's like 20 people around them, they suddenly close up. Mm-hmm. I hope this makes sense.
0: No, it does. Absolutely. And it's not about changing who you fundamentally are, but it's enhancing those bits of yourself that you need to grow into in order to be more, achieve more, because you can't just say things will just happen. You have to work on the bits that you need to work on in order to get the results that you are seeking. So yeah, I I, I guess and... uh, people when they look at themselves they may come up with excuses but when it comes down to it it's it all boils down to when you when you have a target how badly how committed are you to that target right yeah your commitment is important but what
1: also helps is your uh perceptive right let's say Mm -hmm. you never thought of yourself as a podcast host so in your office or in your own company You never uh, stepped up to post things publicly, to make video, or to be the spokesperson for your department, right? for your company. Suddenly, you're now transitioning into a different field, different position, and you need to let go of, oh, I never did this. Because if you say, I never did this, you're not going to see the possible
0: opportunities that are already out there. You just need to look. Mm, That's very important and as you say it all starts from within when you're looking for opportunities and the opportunities might be staring you in the face but you can't perceive them because you're in a different frame of mind and you're looking for something different because of where you are <laughs> exactly like a, a very
1: a very tangible example as a young kid you would look for something your mom would be like go get me this and you would go look you couldn't find mom I can't find it and your mom would be like here it is silly and it's like right in front of you you pass it three times and you couldn't see it that's actual blindness that your mind creates for same thing happens with opportunities if you're like I'm just this person you're never gonna see maybe the other department has a promotion going on and you are more fit than people in the department But because you're just so focused on you, you don't see that promotion.
0: And it becomes a set of excuses because you have a different perception of why you didn't get that promotion, why you didn't get that opportunity, why you didn't get why you didn't end up where you want to be in life. Yeah, that's a whole other area to unpick. And I imagine you do a lot of this sort of deep work, I can tell. And how do you find it in terms of when you're facing a client, what is the biggest challenge in getting them to switch that perception that facilitates that transformation to enable them to move forward so what i do is i have uh, over years i read a lot of
1: material from other coaches mindset coaches healers spiritual mm-hmm. people even various religions so when i say i developed my own system please understand it's copied it's edited of all the other wonderful systems but i use mm-hmm. the 3c approach Clarity, confidence, and continuity. Clarity is because where you are now and where you want to be has a different level of clarity. Mm -hmm. So I need to give you right now certain clarity. It's like, am I going to be a video podcaster or just audio podcaster? Am I going to be on all platforms or just one platform? That kind of question, we need to look at where the source is. Is it coming from like, sabotaging yourself, oh, I need to be on all platforms because I want to grow as fast as possible. If your source of that motivation is from sabotage and you try to be on all platforms, you wear yourself thin, your energy is quickly up and you achieve little. results. In your mind, you're then like, oh yeah, you see, it's not working. I knew it. But deep inside you, the trigger was sabotaging yourself to not be successful. So what I do in the clarity is I show you, look, this is your reasoning. This is your action. But your motivation, your root cause is actually this. And I show it to each person in a language, in examples that they understand. Because everyone is unique. If I present you with this example, someone else in your audience is like, yeah, but Osman, that's not why I did it. (laughs) Believe me, I can find (laughs) out why you did it. So first is we're going to get clarity on what you want in life. Some people want something in life because they saw it on TV or their dad was doing it or they, someone they like is doing it, so they want that too. But when I give them clarity about what they in life, they're like, oh, I don't want the Ferrari. I just want a loyal girl. Oh, I don't want to move to a different country. No, I want to have a stable relationship uh, with a man that can provide and love me for who I am. Suddenly, they're not adventurous and looking to discover the world. Now they understand what they wanted was actually something different. But they were covering it up with white lies, as I call it. So you get clarity in life, then you get clarity in business. Why do you want to do what you want to do? Some of us think, oh, I'm going to be an IT guy because that's the best option I have. Mm-hmm. And then they think they're set for the rest of their life that they cannot cheat. So I look at it like, what do you really want in business? And then mentally, I look at them. What do they think they are? It's like a couple of questions. Do you think you're introvert? Yeah. Why? Uh, because I was never social. Why? Giving them the clarity of who they actually are, not the labels or whatever is put on by the others. Next is confidence. When you find out that you know that you want a loving relationship. You need to put yourself on the market, but in the right place. <laughs> to give you a silly example, years ago, there was a client, she was depressed, and uh, she's like, I want a relationship, but I can't find. I said, are you going out to local cafe? No. I said, do you go shopping? No, I order. I said, uh, do you do dinners? Do you have girlfriends, hobbies outside your house? She's so, like, all the thing that I do is online. I said, are you on dating sites, dating apps? No. I said, well, I, I think the love of your life is going to be a burglar who accidentally stumbles on you while robbing you. And she got offended by that. I said, listen, I, I really love you as a person, but if you hide yourself, who's going to find you? God knows where you are, but your lover doesn't. Hmm. And that got her to understand that one way she had to go out, and that requires confidence. Like asking for the promotion requires confidence. Saying yes to being who you are actually requires confidence. If you're now a changed man six months ago and someone who knew you last year comes along and says, hey, I know you, you could be like, no, I'm now a changed person. That requires confidence. So we look at that. We look at the business confidence. and You need to promote yourself. If you don't have confidence, you're going to sabotage in your messaging. You're not going to present your best example in the marketing in your offer to get the right clients. Also mentally, confidence starts within you, right? You need to accept, sorry for the language, that you suck at certain things. And that's okay. That's not your area of expertise. People will like you for who you are and business will like you for your expertise. And there's going to be people who don't like you and that's fine because you don't like everyone. Honestly, I don't like There are people that I don't like yeah. So if I'm allowed to not like all the people, all the people are not allowed to like me.
0: Makes and sense.
1: Mm-hmm. The last part is continuity, cons- consistency. Because when you have clarity, when you have confidence, but you're not, you're taking sporadic action, you're gonna fall back into doubting yourself. Your confidence is gonna crumble, and then you're gonna question your decisions. So in the third and the last, C, what we look at is what kind of system can we build in your daily habits. Mm. One of the things that all people struggle from all walks of life is sleeping with phone and waking up. That has a major biological, psychological effect on you. They did a research that with CEOs, they had a control group, they had test group, so a control group, they would wake up and grab their phone and 15 minutes later, they will give blood work. And they had a control room or control control the other group they would only grab their phone after half hour of waking up the group mm-hmm. that grabbed their phone as soon as they wake up and 15 minutes gave their butt, they had the same level of stress hormones as they did before the night of sleep high stress the person that took it half hour later their stress level was slowly increasing so this is fact this is not woo. This is not. Oh, I think I don't know. This has been done with blood work. So just by removing your phone from your sleep schedule helps you tremendously. So there are things that we look in that system to build a system that makes sense for you at where you. Some people are motivated and excited. Oh, I'm going to wake up at five a.m. because that's what all successful people do. And then they push themselves. They wake up at five a.m. They're like. Ugh. What am I supposed to do? What do successful people? They didn't have a plan. <laughs> they didn't think it through, or they thought it through and they're like, "Okay, wake up, gym, come back, work." They suddenly build this uh, rigid system for them. They maybe do it for a couple of days and then crash. So we're building a system that makes sense for you. And if that's you, uh, uh, if that's what you want, we're gonna not realize in day one. We're gonna realize that maybe in month two, we're slowly building you there, so it becomes an habit. Hmm. That's the whole system, and I'm gonna tie it up so it makes sense. When you have a healthy sleep schedule, you wake up energized. You don't have mental fog. You can your mind is able to rest and process information. If you don't sleep well, your mind is not able to flush the hormones that need to be flushed, so you can have a healthy brain. Now, if you have a healthy brain, you are energized and you have clarity you can now see more opportunities. Your body language is not slurred. You're standing up because you feel with Be subtle. Mm-hmm. It gives you more confidence just with your body posture. You have clarity, you have good energy, you have confidence. So now when you see an opportunity, you can jump on that opportunity. Or still, let's say you don't see an opportunity it's just everyday work. But now what used to take half hour can take 20 minutes can take 50 minutes because you're pushing through faster nothing is boggling your mind and then when you push faster you have now more time to do more work or to work on yourself and that's how you generate more money in less time you still have the same 24 hours you still have the same eight hours working but now you are just more energized more focused
0: brilliant thank you osman and yeah, you need to think holistically in terms of that system in order to set yourself up for the best possible chance of success and be realistic about where you are versus where you need to be if it's a bigger jump, you need to allow more time to build it up to get to the stage where you are the person who can achieve that level of exactly. wholeness you need. Yeah, it's just and um you know, I can see seriously when you talk it's not as you say the there's certain elements of uh shall we say mindset and esoteric thinking that people would all you know especially coming from a corporate background would dismiss as woo-woo you mentioned that term yourself but they are there there's a lot that is grounded in wisdom Um, as based in
1: science i also look in researches like one example, people don't take their sleep serious, but NASA did them mm. back in the 90s. They did their research and how can we get our get our astronauts to sleep in a most optimized way where they're healthy, thinking clearly, but sleeping as minimum as possible. So they uh, did their research. They asked people. They got people got paid for it, and each person, like each group, was given a specific schedule of sleeping. And they were tracked, blood measured, heart rate, and stuff like that. And what they realized is that if you don't have at least two REM sleeps, your mind is not able to flush out the chemicals in your brain, the hormones, so it can clean itself. If that happens for for a long time, it can cause Alzheimer in early stages of your life. If you don't sleep uh, in a healthy way for, let's say, more than a month, three months, you're easily prone to uh, forgetting, to missing uh, to messing up facts, to say, Oh yeah, I had this lunch, but you didn't had that lunch, or you think you did something, but you didn't do it. So they did the whole research and said at least you have you need to sleep four hours, four hours, and then have at least two 30 minutes nap. And optimally there would be four 30 minutes of nap. Mm. So it would be in total six hours sleep. But you will the naps could be divided every two hours, every maximum three hours. So it is whole what, when I tell people it's most of the knowledge that I share is based on science. And then if the person across me is interested in the energetical part, that's where I share that too. Every color has its frequency, so it gets into the energy room. But when you look at the psychology of colors, black is color of authority. When you're wearing black shirt or black pants, it makes you thinner and taller. Mm. When you wear blue, people, light blue, people perceive you as an open person. Mm -hmm. Ladies, the reason red red lipstick sells the most is because red attracts our attention the most. Why is it not purple? I mean, purple stands out too. Why are they not wearing purple, right? There is psychology studies done. On how color affects us, so I can even tie that back to science to prove that. Hey, you might think this is woo woo, but science has done this research and proves it.
0: Mm. And yeah, there is a lot of uh, wi- wisdom, mysticism, uh, and science. And you're right; it's there's 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 well reasoned studies that have proven that a lot of Historical wisdom is is backed by, yeah, facts and behaviours that are inherent in all of us as humans, human organisms. And I guess it's, it's through generations of storytelling, passing down ancient wisdom into where we are today. Some cultures lose that communication because they die out or they're assimilated into other cultures. But I'm sure... I'm sure there's still that kernel of truth in a lot of things, just as well as embellishment, as as it were. But uh, I think that is a very interesting topic. And uh, in terms of how you work with people, what do you find are critical keys to success when you find people who experience psychological blockers that prevent them from stepping up to the next level? with whatever they want to achieve in their business or in their personal life. What helps is when they're upfront,
1: honest, and mm. I really mean honesty uh, is important. Because mm. I have 16 years experience when somebody is lying to me, because of that experience, I can see. And some of my clients, I'm like, hey, listen, this is going wrong with you. And they're like, no, absolutely not. You don't know me. And then three weeks later, they're like, ah, this is going on with me. I'm like, remember three weeks ago I told you and they're like, yeah, yeah, can we skip?
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: When you're open, it allows us to go deeper within your mindset and to find reasons and to let go of those reasons. But when you you are trying to, uh, you know, armor up, I can't help you as much as I can. But when you're also not truthful you're lying to yourself. You're you're preventing yourself from growing. Not me. Mm. I'm there to help you to get rapidly out of things. I had I had a collect. Like, let me give you one bad story. It's a bad story. So I worked with a client for a one month. In that month, she's like, "Awesome, you're amazing. We achieved more in one month than I couldn't we couldn't achieve in two to three years." Mm. I'm like, oh, guys, that's nice. In month two, she kept comparing herself to my other clients. And I said, stop. Like, there is no reason for you to compare. It's your journey. You're going through. But no, she insisted on comparing and wouldn't allow me to help her with that. So in month two and three, progress was like snail. It was really like snail. Because she kept comparing to a friend that she knew, which also was my client. His name is Greg. So Greg was able to get his negative thinking to stop in four weeks. And in week five, he was to get his neutral thinking. And she wanted to achieve the same thing. I said, listen, you're not Greg. You're not his might. You're your old person. And she kept focusing on that. So we Hmm. rapidly grew. But because she kept comparing herself, we couldn't grow after. And I want to be... I am open and honest about this. What matters is that you make be open to change be open to change in a way that benefits you not in a way that you specifically want because in your current situation you don't know what's best for you when we clear up all the negative thinking all the clouding in your mind and emotions you're gonna look at things differently if i have awesome. a handful of mud, and i'm like hey you want this you're like no what do i need to do with this mud Were you crazy but then I put water on it, and there is this diamond shining in the middle of it. I said, "Do you want it?" You are like, "Yeah." I am like, "No, you are not getting it." <laughs> yeah. so, same analogy. You know, right now, you have mud, and you are rejecting yourself, but you don't know what's inside. And inside is a very beautiful thing
0: going. That's a beautiful analogy. Thanks, Osman, for sharing that. And yeah, it's um, everyone has potential that's untapped, unmet. Just needs to be focused in the way that suits them best, given their needs, uh, given their um, their inherent strengths and traits. But yeah, trying to model on something someone else is is a surefire way to failure. And yeah, it's it's hard when people don't listen because, for whatever reason, they can't get over that comparison. If they see someone else doing better than them and they feel like they're missing out and they should change what's working for them and try and replicate what's working for someone else, which is always going to be very limited at best. And painful for them. Living someone else's life when you should be trying to live your best life. (laughs) Well said, exactly. Yeah. And uh, in terms of your, your, your career as a coach, uh, what do you find is a common myth about coaching and in terms of as a field of expertise? Because it's it's something that a lot of successful people have as a resource, but not everyone would necessarily want to commit to it because they may not see the benefit of coaching. Does that Do you find that? So I'm a business consultant.
1: I'm a mindset coach. I'm a mentor, I'm I'm the person that kicks your ass, but I'm also the person that's forced you to get up when you need to. And mm-hmm. a lot of my clients they are like, I tried hypnosis before I tried mindset. It didn't work. People, when you talk about mindset, they have they have this perception wrong. and it's wrong because the way they have the market is presenting mindset to them. It's not always it's not applicable to everyone but it also doesn't serve everyone. Like Nike has just do it. Don't think about it. Push your feelings aside and just do it. If everyone could do that, then we didn't need mindset coaches. We wouldn't be suffering. We would have our goals achieved, but it's not working. We've got uh, people who are pushing the agenda of uh, attraction law of one, law of attraction. And for some people they're really successful. They could, they get tuned in and it's work for them. and. The great majority that's trying is not working. You get the affirmation going, they're like, Yeah, just listen to your affirmation, say your affirmation, it will work. Again, it works for some group, does not work for majority. You get people, there are on lots of self help books, maybe millions. People are reading it. Some percentage is getting work, they're making it happen, and the great majority is not. It's because they don't know what tools to use at their level right now. You might be using affirmation saying, I'm a millionaire. Yeah, I'm a millionaire. I'm sexy and hot. Everybody wants me. But you never, let's say, earn more than 10K, 50K, right? You never earned it. So in your mind, you're earning that, what you're currently earning is causing you, let's say, 50% stress. And your mind goes like, wait, million, but at least 10 times, 20 times more. So it means more stress. We don't want that. Forget your <laughs> billions. Yeah. Or, or you're now in this stage where you're judging yourself a lot. Oh, I don't have hair. I'm not tall. I'm not muscular. Like whatever your way of telling yourself is. And then you're like, I'm. Everybody wants me. But when, you, as soon as you look around, you only focus on people who are judging you or not liking. Yeah. Your mind mm-hmm. goes like, Wait, 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 wait. Does this means that everybody's gonna dislike me? I don't want that. So you're not becoming the social person that you want to be because it's triggering you with it. And then people are like, oh, affirmation doesn't work. Attraction doesn't work. Or this kind of business doesn't work. That doesn't work. No, it works. But because you lack the knowledge to implement, or even if you know how, let's say, uh, affirmations work or Facebook marketing works, but you as a person, the quality that you put in still decides what the output is. Affirmation works. Yeah. I give it to my clients, they got it. I don't I tell them, don't say I'm gonna be a millionaire. Just say I'm making more and more money than I did ever before. You might make fifty dollars more. Next week you might suddenly make five thousand more and the day later you make ten dollars or nothing. Mm. But because you say I make more and more, it allows the space for it to go up and down without feeling bad about it. If you are not covered in your service and you go on social media, you do paid advertising, and you're like, yeah, you know, I can help you. I do this really well. Sign up. People can feel that. They can read it through your text. And they can. the people that relate to your content are the people that doubt themselves. So they will not sign up with you because they see you doubting. They're already doubting themselves. And they're like, two doubters are not going to make any sense. So when you change your messaging, your stronger words, you're going to appeal to people
0: who are doing and they will want to work. That's very sensible. And yeah, I think when you do affirmations, there is that element of having to be very careful what you try to affirm because it's programming your unconscious mind and it can't be tricked. So if you're saying that you're a millionaire and you don't you don't have... Say you don't have uh, three figures in your bank account, you know, a few hundred dollars or pounds or euros or whatever. And you're telling yourself you're a millionaire. There's that massive cognitive dissonance there. And your unconscious is saying, why are you feeding me this garbage? And it will reject automatically, so it's not going to work. And if anything, it will just reinforce negative beliefs ultimately over the long term.
1: Exactly.
0: But, yeah. And that's why you have to sort of focus on that continuity and be realistic where you are, but also positive about where you want to get to and what you're shooting for. Yeah, that specificity is, is a skill that really, if you're not aware of it, you do need a guide. You do need someone who's been there, who's gone through that challenge, who's, who's had that experience in successfully navigating it with others i mean i have a
1: coach myself uh so mm. i know what i need to do from time to time but i'm not executing so i go to my coach i'm like hey mm. listen this is going on uh what do i do and then i think oh i need to do one plus one is two and he goes like no awesome one plus automation is five i'm like oh i know automation but i didn't think of it <laughs> you never know <laughs> yeah exactly so Having a person, so it doesn't need to be a coach, right? It could be your mm. uh, someone at work, like a senior that, that you're really close to, a manager or mm. a, a mentor, a peer, something, an outside perspective
0: can help you. Mm. And absolutely, so getting those uh, perspective shifts that can be really powerful in helping you readjust your inner workings and you know we talk about mindset values and beliefs Uh, but what you mentioned also that everyone has a different definition of mindset that would help them and it's not a one-size-fits-all with anything so if I can ask you uh, your personal definition of mindset that has helped you what what does mindset mean to you and in what way has it proven to be a powerful concept? It's
1: it's going to sound... Maybe I'm not going to... I wouldn't expect this answer. So for me, is I don't know anything and I can learn anything. That's that's my mindset because the more you learn, uh, the less the less you feel like I you don't... Know, it's like first you're in a pool in the backyard, then you go to a lake and then you go to a river and then you go to a bigger Like And then you're in the ocean and you're like... Well,
0: (laughs) that's how I look at it. How do you look at it? I'm curious. What's your definition? Oh, so mindset for me is my state of mind. And that can be fluid given a situation or a context. And sometimes I find it's it's almost like perspective shifts. And I find I'm most effective almost when, especially in challenging situations, if I can discipline myself to, mentally step back from the situation and analyse it objectively. Almost like I'm kind of stepping outside of myself and thinking, what do I need to do in this present moment to actually to actually effectively address what I need to address and achieve what I need to achieve in terms of outcomes. So for me, mindset is more about the emotional state management.
1: Yes, that's important.
0: So yeah. And probably for me that is more around my my circumstances, my <laughs> my experiences, and what's happened to have worked for me in the past and continues to serve me in a certain way, but to a certain point as well, because I think probably there are times when that one-size-fits-all approach, you become too dependent on it, and it has its drawbacks and limitations depending on the circumstances. It's like... yeah. And, yeah, the old adage, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so thank you, Odin. This has been brilliant. I think uh, I'm going to start wrapping up. I mean, we can talk forever, um, and I know I've taken up quite a bit of your time, but uh, just a final question before we um, get the the closing out. Uh, what's the best piece of career advice you've received from your coach or a mentor that has really helped you in the past? I think this was the 10 years, or even more. He said
1: to me, Osman, you're lucky to be alive in this uh, time because you can now fail as quickly and as much as you want. There is always an opportunity. Some He said to your diploma, your certification, when you apply... Sometimes people don't even look at it. They look at your attitude. They look at your preparation. They look at your you and how you conduct yourself. Because if you have, let's say, a university diploma and you are an engineer, you can become a manager. But if you are not the manager material, they will pick someone with a lower degree but with more experience because that person has that quality. was like, I didn't look at it that way. I thought I need to have my papers and then I can slap them in and get in. Yeah, sorry. Mm. So he wanted to say to me, go try, live your life, mm. but calculate at risk. Don't put you and
0: yourself in risk that you end up in the street because you can't pay your rent. Very valuable. And um, thank you. Thank you for that. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, sometimes decisions are driven by emotions. And, you know, there's that. I I wouldn't say it's a conflict, but there's that uh, the head and the heart in terms of that decision making. And I think you need to have both. Definitely. Uh, You have to consult both because they're both good guides in their own context. And in terms of uh, yourself as a person, uh, what do you like to do in your spare time? Spend it with my daughter as much as I can. Hmm. I spent
1: already a lot of time with my family, but I realized she's really growing up fast. And I have, uh, I'm really grateful to God that I could do all of this, right? Mm. So uh, Some people are not able to spend with their uh, child because they have to work, they have two jobs. Mm. So
0: I think I found a, a nice way to manage both of them and that really makes me happy. It's a wonderful achievement in itself, you know, and to be able to, you know, be there for your, your most important people. Is, is really is really a, a, a the true measure of success I would say some things you can't put a price on my friend and uh, thank you so much this has been super valuable and if anyone would like to um, find and connect with you online where's the best place to go so I'm mostly active
1: on Facebook that's mm-hmm. facebook.com forward slash bm l Osman awesome. that's my profile. But you could also go to BreakingMentalLimits.com. That's the website. That's where you can see the testimonials that I have. And I think
0: I also have a contact page. That's where you can find news. Thank you, Osman. I'll make sure those uh, links are in the show notes. Everyone, this has been Osman Akumas, and you've been listening to Business Breaks. Osman, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Dante. This podcast shares experiences and insights gained from business, IT, and digital finance. Hosted by two leaders who have made the leap themselves, this show is dedicated to helping listeners think differently about their career aspirations.